0: And welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope I find you well. Once again, thanks for joining me. We've had a fair few episodes since the turn of the year. Generally, though, uh, they've all been sort of pre-recorded chats with various people. I thought it's time we had a bit a, bit of a catch up with all the recent news that concerns England. Uh, But before we do that, don't forget that all those previous episodes, if you haven't heard them yet, well, they can be found on your podcast provider of choice or 3 com, Uh, Or if social media is your thing, search 3 podcasts on the likes of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you do happen to be listening via iTunes, please go on, please leave us a review. That would be great. Now, before we get going, coming up in February, we will have the next in our World Cup series. And this is where it really gets going. You may remember the Euro series from a couple of years back. Once again, I'm talking with people who experienced England at the finals, the World Cup finals. And also the Lionesses, they are also in action towards the end of the month. And we'll focus on that too. So, just what? has been going on well the January transfer window or the panic window as I like to refer to it well that featured a few England players or a few former England players uh, moving clubs I think that's fairer to say but with regards to current players uh, I guess the major one was Kieran Trippier 35 England caps for him, he moved from Atletico Madrid to Newcastle United for £12 million. Uh, He was one of the first to make a January move, and as I say, the only real current member of Gareth's regular squads, and obviously we all remember his early semi-final goal back in 2018 against Croatia. But there are a few others, maybe a few that that you've forgotten wore the white of the three Lions. Here, let's roll through them. Uh, Callum Chambers, he won three caps all back in 2014. He moved from Arsenal to Aston Villa on a free. Carl Jenkinson, yep. One cap for him against Sweden, where we lost 4-2. Uh, well, he moved from Nottingham Forest to Melbourne City on a loan. Phil Elka. 40 England caps he moved from Derby to Stoke his last England cap was back in 2016 a 2-2 draw with Spain Ainsley Maitland Niles he moved from Arsenal to Roma on a loan deal how many caps did Ainsley win go on quick guess if you said five you are correct five caps he won the last of which came in the 4 0 victory over Iceland at Wembley in 2020 in the Nations League. Of course, he'll team up with Tammy Abraham and Chris Smalling there too. Uh, and then Delhi Alley. He moved from Tottenham to Everton. Uh, 37 caps for Delhi, although he's not played since 2019. And that third place match against Switzerland in the Nations League. Bit of a strange one, this one, because there's, he's initially gone on a free transfer, but there's talk of a fee of £40 million. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure how that all works out, but we shall see. Whether he can resurrect his England career at Everton remains to be seen. Perhaps it's the, uh, the jolt he needs. Jermaine Defoe, uh, he left Rangers as a free agent and has re-signed for Sunderland. How old do you think Jermaine is? Well, he won 57 three Lions caps beginning back in 2004. He scored 20 times and his last appearance was in a World Cup qualifier in 2017 in that 2-2 draw up at Hampden. Remember that one? Well, he came on as a 90th minute substitute. He's 39, by the way, uh, and he'll be looking to help Sunderland win promotion Will he ever wear a three-line shirt again? I doubt it very much, but you never know. You never know. As often with the January transfer window, there's a lot of rumours, there's a lot of talk. Things either happen, they happen last minute, or there's a lot of talk and it just never happens. Uh, There was talk of Dean Henderson going to Watford from Manchester United. Didn't seem to materialise. Jesse Lingard Uh, He remained at Manchester United. Of course, he had that loan period at West Ham where he'd done really, really well. But he's decided to remain at Manchester United, although I'm led to believe he wanted to to move away. Um, I think Newcastle United were interested. He may well be staying at United because of the situation that they find themselves in with regards to Mason Greenwood. And whilst nothing has been found to be proven... In the light of the law on that, I think I'll refrain from passing any comments uh, despite his England links. So it remains to be seen whether Jesse Lingard can get himself first back into form, back into the United team, and back into Gareth Southgate's thinking. We shall see. Ryan Shawcross, remember him? He won one cap uh, Sweden away when we lost 4 2, or he has retired. Uh, Of course, formerly of Stoke. But he spent last year at Inter Miami with Phil Neville. The Lionesses, uh, not so many movements there. Uh, Jill Scott's probably the big one, 153 caps for her. She has gone on loan from Manchester City to Aston Villa. She had a loan period at Everton last year as well. Jade Moore. Uh, she won 50 caps. Uh, most recently, she's been on the books of both Atletico Madrid and Orlando Pride. Well, she has now moved to Manchester United. And goalkeeper Carly Telford has moved to San Diego Wave uh, from Chelsea. And she's currently got 27 caps under her belt. That's all I can find on the player front that sort of relates to current recent England players Um, but England's top goal scorer and most capped outfield player Wayne Rooney turned down Everton to continue managing Derby County and uh, I think full credit to him there he could quite easily have taken the easy move to the Premier League Maybe going to Everton may not be the easy move, but going to the Premier League is obviously where he sees himself in time. Um, but to stick with Derby in the situation that they're in, I think he uh, he deserves a lot of credit. And I I really feel for you if you are if you are a Rams fan, as I'm sure many England fans probably feel the same. But with regards to that Everton job, of course, Rafael Benitez was in it for what was he there for nine months? Clearly didn't go his way. Frank Lampard. After Wayne Rooney turned it down. Frank Lampard was subsequently invited. And interviewed for the position. And after a while. He took it. He is now the manager of Everton. Of course Frank Lampard. Former West Ham, Chelsea and Manchester City player. He won 106 England caps. Between 1999 and 2014. Another former England link in a managerial seat Roy Hodgson uh, he returned to management following the sacking of Claudio Ranieri at Watford you may remember he was at Crystal Palace and I kind of thought that was that was the end I think he left by saying that he wanted time out of football but he's decided to make a return uh, he'll be hoping to guide the Hornets to safety. It will be his twenty second team that he's managed, either domestic or national. I wish him all the best. I'd like to think that he can he can guide Watford to safety. I do like Roy, I have to be honest. And let's not forget that Stephen Gerrard moved from Rangers to Aston Villa. This was towards the end of last year. So there is beginning to be a nice little pool of potential future England managers in the Premier League when that time comes and when Gareth Southgate decides to move on. but Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard. Yeah, be interesting to see how well they do. Uh, of course, we've got Graham Potter at Brighton as well. So yeah, nice little pool building up. In regards to fixtures, there are the March friendlies that were announced. Uh, England will play Switzerland on Saturday the 26th of March and the Ivory Coast, or the Côte d'Ivoire, on Tuesday the 29th of March. There were a lot of rumours about Germany, weren't there? Uh, I think I even saw the DFB announce it a while back. And then we drew them in the Nations League, so that kind of knocked that one on the head. So Switzerland were pulled in. To me... I don't know, maybe unfairly, but perhaps not the most exciting of opponents. And one similar to Germany that we seem to have played a fair few times in recent years. I'm thinking that Nations League finals, there was a game at Leicester, uh, and we had them quite a few times in European qualifiers. And I remember we had them in 2010, because I remember going to Basel a week or so before my wedding, which didn't particularly go down too well. But the Ivory Coast is an interesting one and there aren't many nations of high standard that England haven't played but they, the Cote d'Ivoire, are one of them and they're former AFCON winners. And this may see the return of Wilfred Zaha. Remember him? He won two caps for England before defecting to the country of his birth. Uh, He was able to do this as those two games he played in were just friendlies. Uh, That game against Sweden, the 4-2-1, I think that's the third mention of that game so far. Uh, He also played in a friendly against Scotland, uh, if you can call that a friendly. Uh, He's since made 25 appearances for Les Éléphants, And something I mentioned on Twitter, curious little twist of fate, both his debuts for England and the Ivory Coast came against Sweden. And also something I put out there on the, the Twitter sphere at 3 Lions Podcast doesn't mean a great deal in the grand scheme of things, but the Côte d'Ivoire will be the ninth African side England will have faced. And we've never lost to any of them either. Those other eight nations are Algeria, Cameroon, Egypt, Ghana, Morocco, Nigeria, South Africa and Tunisia. I'm actually quite intrigued by this fixture. It could be interesting. Of course, he'll Gareth will say it's all for World Cup preparation and trying to weigh up against potential opponents that we may be drawn against. But yeah, I think it'll be be interesting, especially seeing them in the recent African Cup of Nations and and the support that they have. I think the support that they bring to Wembley will be quite colourful. I think. And speaking of the World Cup. The World Cup tickets, towards the end of January, the opening ballot or sale for the tickets began. This is for general ticket applications. If you are looking or you're waiting for the follow my team tickets, then that's still to come. And I'm sure will be announced by the FA and FIFA, probably, in due course. But initial reaction is that the general costs have gone up since the last Russian tournament. There's an interesting article on the Football Supporters Association website, uh, thefsa.org.uk. Not only have they established that prices have increased, but there is a distinct decrease in the amount of Category 3 and 4 tickets being available, again, in comparison to the Russia World Cup. And again, according to the article, if we were to be fortunate and make it all the way to the final seven games just for tickets alone, would cost in the region of £1,200. as before flights, accommodation and day-to-day costs. And this is a World Cup where people will be having issues about going to, be it financial, ethical, time away from work, family, plus there are the fears of accommodation, But at the same time, stories like this come up time after time in the run-up to tournaments, be it a World Cup or European Championships. So there is plenty of time for things to be ironed out. But interestingly, shortly after those initial tickets were released, apparently the top 10 countries to apply for the tickets through FIFA were as follows. Qatar, the host nation, Argentina, Mexico, USA, the UAE, England, us, we were sixth. India, Saudi Arabia, Brazil and France. Interesting reading. Uh, Here's another thing that's happened. The England C team is basically a team made up of players from non-league level. And a while back, I spoke with Paul Fairclough, manager of the team. That can be found on episode 105. And they were on the verge of folding despite quite a rich history. I'm pleased to hear that they have announced a new fixture. It's to be played against Wales Sea, and that's at the Oval, home of Carnarvon Town. That's on Wednesday, the 30th of March. Kick-off is at 7pm. Now, they were due to play back in 2020, but because of Covid, that was postponed. And it is the day after the Ivory Coast match for the senior men. And um, perhaps if you're considering going, Carmarthen is in the northwest of Wales. It's just past Snowdonia, but just before Anglesey. And I see that you can get tickets online when they become available. Should be a good one, that. Interesting. I'd like to try and maybe catch up with Paul Fairclough again. We'll see what we can do on that front. And of course, there are the matches in the Nations League come the summer. Hungary away is behind closed doors, Germany away. The venue at this moment is still unknown, but according to UEFA rules, the hosting nation has to advise UEFA 120 days before a match is scheduled to be played of its proposed venue. Which means Germany have to advise by the 7th of February. Although whether UEFA or the DFB or or our own FA choose to make it public is up to them. And likewise, with the Italy away match, they have to inform UEFA by the 26th of May. It's kind of a, I guess it's watch this space situation. And I think that's pretty much all. Short and sweet one. And I appreciate that much of it, many will already know. But at the same time, there may be a few little nuggets in there that you've missed. And and a few things that perhaps people didn't know. Now, I hope you can join me for that 1958 World Cup episode. It is coming your way very, very soon. I hope you're going to enjoy it. I can't wait. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers.